welcome back to Women of AB Poly. I'm Deirdre Mitchell McLean. And I'm her spicy, sassy co-host, Kathleen Smith. <laughs> and today we have another roundtable to talk about what's been going on in Alberta politics. Joining us from Edmonton, uh, Janice Funston. Welcome, Janice. Hello. And from Spruce Grove, I have Wing Lee. Welcome, Wing. Hello. Thanks for having me. And so we're going to do a little bit of an introduction. Janice, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and yeah, what we what we want to know about you. Well, my Twitter handle is Yaglifer, so because I have lived here my entire life. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'll die here too. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't really into politics, probably until 2015 mm. when I was first introduced to Heather Sweet. Um, she's, um, she's the Emily for my area. Okay. Yeah. And, then and you're a business owner. Yay, local biz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's been a real challenge too. I would imagine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's just one thing after another and from the economy to construction to another downturn and now COVID. Absolutely. And wing. Well, I grew up in Alberta. I did grow up in Stony Plain. So that was one of the places that you mentioned. It wouldn't have been incorrect. Uh, <laughs> attended K-12, Stony Plain, lived in Edmonton, and then also lived in Lethbridge to do grad school and move back here. I think I've always been politically aware, but I don't think I got as vocal um, until the, the latest provincial election. I had another Twitter account, but I had too many friends on it and it just became like stifling so yeah there's a whole thing where I was anonymous or I had a pseudonym and now I'm just fully me on Twitter and really now fully I think active and engaged and doing advocacy almost full-time now with um, public education advocacy with a support our students and a local advocacy group here in Spruce Grove Stony Plain riding so yeah I guess I'm just in it now. And so the other things that we've had going on, obviously, and I don't even know exactly when this started, maybe it was Friday, I think it was Thursday or Friday, that the hashtag Where's Kenny started to trend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was our first record breaking day. The the first day that Saturday, the, that the COVID cases really went right through the roof. And that's when people started asking, where the hell is our premier? Thursday. So Thursday we hit the thousand and we've been we've been steady, well, and going up. But yeah, and actually I have to say I'm only marginally proud that I called that because they were having those issues with the with the COVID data and it was going up and down and it wasn't it wasn't moving right. And somebody had asked on the weekend, when do you think you know we're going to hit a thousand cases? And I was like, consistently, not until Thursday. And we hit the thousand on Thursday and it's yeah. been consistently above that. But I was thinking because of this data problem that they were having. Mm, data problem. For people at home, I'm using <laughs> I'm using scare quotes. Data problem. That's pretty suspicious. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna call it data problems that <laughs> that might have been on purpose, but it's it just stinks to hell and back that right when our COVID cases are tripling and quadrupling, suddenly we have a problem with collecting data. Mm. 
Yeah. And who trusts and them? Nobody can. Nobody can trust. I was going to say, if it was somebody, somebody else, maybe you'd give them the benefit of the doubt, but they've been sketchy on so many other things that yeah. this is not something that they can get away with because people are already anxious. So yeah. when you're like disappearing and then, you know, on, I think Thursday, the school map was like an old map. Like it, like, you know, it was already something they published like weeks ago. Oh. Like schools that have already rolled out of outbreaks pop back up and yeah, yeah. you don't even pay attention to that anymore because it's not accurate. No. no, and their behavior in handling the pandemic right from the start has been sketchy. Mm -hmm. AF. When I first saw, I think it was Dwayne Bratt, and he'd put out a tweet and said, you know, where is, where is the leadership? About now is the time that Kenny should show up. And one of the things that, that I thought when I first saw that, I absolutely despised when Jason Kenny would come in to Dr. Hinshaw's updates and so when I was with Western Standard, I was, that was my, that was my gig. I had to follow uh, COVID. So I would be sitting there waiting and these, these things would be 20 minutes late. And, and I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just sitting and waiting. And then if Kenny got in there, he would start the press conference and he would talk about things that were not related. And it was, it was a push, right? Like mm -hmm. you need to get that out as soon as possible. And I'm sitting there fingers at the ready to write something and I can't. So personally, I don't want to see him at Dr. Hinshaw's press conferences, right? No. He's the premier. He can call a press conference whenever he wants. Media will show up, but I don't yeah. want him at those press conferences. I think he those should be left talking about any of the science because he tried that a couple times and failed miserably and memed himself. <laughs> it did <Yeah>. not go <laughs> well for <laughs> Mr. Kenny. Watching <laughs> some student who never did their homework and just botching it. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't read the book is the one giving the book <laughs> like, report. Yeah. yeah. You but have see, no idea what you're saying. I, I think it's a situation too where we're dealing with politicians who if we're going to be honest about it, a lot of politicking is bullshitting. It's standing up there and saying what you need to say to get a soundbite, to reach into people's emotions and bring them to the surface, but it does not have anything to do with science. And if you're an experienced politician like J Jason Kenney, you can show up and, and shoot from the hip and bullshit and people will buy into that. But when you're talking about people's lives, when you're talking about science, when you're talking about a, a novel coronavirus, you better have done your homework. Yeah. And he didn't. And it showed. And uh, it, it bit him in the ass. And I, I think part of the problem with Kenny showing up at Hinshaw's pressers was it didn't feel like a sincere act on his part. It almost felt like Hinshaw's looking like the leader. And Hinshaw was getting a lot of praise. She was getting a lot of hero worship. Uh, her periodic table dress sold out in 24 hours, <laughs> you know. And I think there was some jealousy there on Kenny's part. He felt he needed to remind everyone who the premier of Alberta was. Well, if you're going to show up as the premier of Alberta, you better give people something to have faith in. You better show them that you have it under control and you're being responsible. And that's not what Kenny showing up at those pressers was about, unfortunately. Does anybody else think, and uh, did you listen to the strategists? 
from Sunday night. So one of the things that they were saying, uh, I, I really liked, you know, sometimes Carter seems so freaking charitable to me, which just, you know, it's confusing when he does that. But he's like, he's like, I think, you know, Jason Kenny believes at his very core that everyone is personally responsible and everyone will act in the, you know, in the benefit, um, not it, not necessarily in the benefit of others, but when they're asked to, right? Because that's how Jason Kenny would act. And so when he said, you know, just use your personal responsibility, be smart about this, he expected everyone to do that. Yeah. And it's not what happened. And so he was saying that, you know, for him to, he well, doesn't. Well, it's not what happened amongst his base. Let's be exactly, clear about yeah. that. Because it, from what I've seen of centrists to the far left, those people are being responsible. <laughs> they're staying home. It, they're not uh, hanging out at grandma's house. They're wearing masks when they have to leave the house. So I, I think it must it must have been emotionally difficult for Jason Kenny and possibly psychologically as well to realize that these people who echo his populist rhetoric about bootstrap mythology mm-hmm. can't even find a goddamn bootstraps. Yeah. And that had to have been that had to have been hard for him to face because his life has been this ideology. His life has been this Ayn Rand libertarian every man for himself crap and he sincerely believed in it and his his mentor Stephen Harper believed in it too and now they've come face to face with the fact that their base are idiots they're literally idiots well (laughs) and they don't get the paradigm of a collective project you know you doing you is fine if it's just you get a grade but this Mm -hmm. is this is an everyone has to pitch in for the collective good. And I think that is lost. That, yeah. that They can't make sense of why their actions could affect the entire group, but the numbers show it. Yeah. So it's that disconnect of, you know, what does need to get done. And that would destroy their framework and their worldview that sometimes you, you just do for the good of others. And if you don't gain necessarily. Yeah. But when we do for the good of others, we're doing good for ourselves. And unfortunately there is a faction of our populace that doesn't understand that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's socialism. I was just going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Janice, we know where that's all heading. (laughs) Janice, Janice is a dirty commie socialist. So (laughs) yeah, Yeah, it's, but well, it, I, I have lived in Edmonton my whole life so right yeah well, there you go what else could I be <laughs> so what I guess what's your perspective um Janice let's start with you on on why you think that Kenny is kind of MIA I mean we all knew that he was self-isolating so I guess you can say there's an excuse there until he popped up at the UCP constituency association agm at the uh uh canada india association india canada association indian association of canada Mm. yes india yeah and uh so like after these we're kind of like oh and then i saw the news release that you know he had a couple of them this week so it's like 
So he's not really MIA. He's just not talking about this. I think he's scared. Because of what he has to do? Yeah. yeah. Because on one hand, if he does nothing, he's in trouble. And then on the other hand, if he does put in some strict mandates, um, he's screwed then too. Yeah. Because he's led, he's led the... Yeah. He's led the pack down this certain path. And if he tries to tell them to back up, um, they're, they're just not going to. They're, they're moving this way and that's that. And he's about yeah. to get run over by... He's about to get run over by his own, Deirdre. Yeah. He's about to get run over by John Carpe in the, in the what is it, JCCF, yeah. who have come forward to say that if there is any kind of lockdown, they will fight it in court. John Carpe is a longtime friend of Jason Kenney's. They've known each other for years and years and years. And when when Jason Kenney's own friends are turning on him, he's in trouble. And I think he knows it. As long as he stays hidden, he doesn't have to answer to reporters. Yeah. He doesn't have to. He he (laughs) doesn't anyways. But this this time it's been really... um, I mean, Jason, Jason Kenny is a lot of, uh, he's a, he's a lot of arrogance and a lot of showmanship and he's a great campaigner, but he's not a good leader and he's never had to be a leader. And we're in a crisis when we need strong leadership and Jason Kenny does not know what to do. I firmly believe that we've got a minister of health that can't handle the most basic of questions. And he he entertains some, you know, quack doctor yeah i saw a little bit about that i'm not familiar with that particular doctor but everything that i read um suggested that that it is a common uh belief that this guy is not someone that we should be taking public health advice from (laughs) i'm not no just making noises over here that's it (laughs) oh peer review on his side all the time is not flexible. I think he's been programmed to think a certain way and to carry on an agenda. And when he won the election, it was very clear he had the mandate to, you know, do all the privatizing he could and and get through his policies, ram them through. But this, I think they viewed at the beginning maybe as an opportunity because everyone would be distracted. But I think it's gotten to a point where he doesn't quite know now what to do. You know, it's always been oil and gas, right? Let's get Alberta back on track in this way. And um, he has that kind of package ready to go. But now that it's a pandemic that's gone out of control, I think he just doesn't have the experience to, you know, come up with creative solutions and Mm -hmm. collaborate. You know, he doesn't actually have that ability that I've seen to, to hear from an expert and then measure that with what his own agenda is and I think he's just not sure Wing's nailed it I think you've you've definitely nailed it Wing and I think part of it too is that uh, a crisis such as this requires compassion which he lacks exactly and conservative conservative ideology um Randian ideology all that atlas shrugged bullshit is pretty useless when you're trying to navigate a crisis where compassion is definitely required. 
we are not hearing from this government any sort of condolences or sympathy for those who have lost their loved ones. Mm -hmm. Not hearing them express any sort of caring for those who are suffering in isolation. And there's a lot of really healthy Albertans who are completely isolated right now. Senior citizens and young singles. It, it's across the board. And I don't, I, well, we already know that Jason Kenney is not a compassionate person. We know this from his history with the LGBTQ2 community and how he was quite happy to have uh, gay men dying of AIDS banned from seeing their loved ones. We already know he's incapable of compassion. So when we combine that with a crisis of this magnitude, it's, it's going to put a shining spotlight on his personal personality flaws and character failings. Well, and I think that's what we're seeing. Well, at the very beginning of this pandemic, when it was, you know, well, people over 82 have already, you know, they've already beaten the odds. Yeah. So, you know, my dad is 89 years old and his wife is 82. And yeah. you know what? They still live on their own. Like my dad, he doesn't, he's not very mobile, but his brain's still there. Like he's still, you know, he's yeah. still, you know, he's still pretty, um, you know, he's, he's still there. Right. I don't yeah. know. What mm -hmm. to say, he's not disposable, Janice. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that he's not just uh, a number. Yeah. And, and it would upset me at the very beginning, like when it was, they would just do this, um, the listing of everybody that died and they'd say like, oh, an 80 year old man here and a seven. And it kind of bothered me because what does it matter how old they are? Yeah. They're dying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's the same with the, the comorbidities oh, excuse, me. right? Mm -hmm. Like my 13 year old daughter has severe ulcerative colitis. This virus is a possible death sentence for her. Does that mean that my daughter is disposable? Does that mean that, you know, if she gets it and dies, well, what does it matter? She had underlying conditions? Because this is what we have to hear yeah. every day, right? What about the diabetic? What about the person with hypertension? What about the smoker? Uh -huh. What about the person who's 40 pounds overweight? I mean, we're, we're at a point now where we are finding reasons to make human life invaluable so that we can buy into this lie that uh, the virus isn't half as bad as they're telling us it yeah. is. We are dehumanizing each other in the name of clinging to an ideology. Yeah. And that's heartbreaking to me. I, I think that's the saddest thing to watch come out of this pandemic is how we dehumanize each other, how we've lost our humanity, how we've lost our, our capacity for compassion. I think you, I think you've really got something there because he, he is very, very rigid. This is the plan and this is the only plan. And when you're faced with the pandemic when you're faced with okay you've tried this you need to try something else I don't think a lot of people have a, a ton of hope that that Kenny can move like that right because he he this is what we're doing and this is the only thing we're doing and as long as nothing got in the way of that I mean absolutely the economy did not bounce back upon his election as he thought it would 
um, that definitely caused, you know, maybe a little bit of a rumbling, but you still didn't see too much in the way of changing course. And the pandemic, you know, they were able to kind of come back in the summer with, okay, yep, cases are down, we can go back to normal, but we weren't back to normal. And health experts kept saying, we are not back to normal and we should be preparing for mm -hmm. a second wave in the fall. And and you could you could kind of tell that there was just no, I don't even wanna say recognition, there was no acknowledgement that that might actually be the case. He was yeah. now on this new direction of, nope, everything is fine. That's probably the scariest thing that I've seen in, in someone who is our leader and leading the province and making these decisions to be that rigid. I think what leadership does is it shows us uh, who, who has risen to positions of power by way of, I'm just going to say lying <laughs> and, and denying and uh, giving um, a, an alternative narrative <laughs> because when you're in a crisis, none of that shit is going to do you any good. Right. And that's the situation we're in now where we have a government um, chock full of people who have got to where they are by not being totally honest. And now that honesty is the only way we're going to get out of this, they don't know how to do that. And they don't know how to adjust their plan because anything that's going to get us out of this is socialism. <laughs> Like, I'm just going to say it. Anything that's going to pull us through this crisis is going to be socialist at its core. Because it's about everyone, not just one person. Exactly. We got to be in it together and we have to take care of the weakest. And conservatives don't know how to do that because they're expendable, right? So what do we think is going to happen tomorrow? Does anyone have any predictions? Um what about what we hope happens and what we think happens? Janice, what about you? What do you hope for? Well, I was hoping today during Hinshaw's um, presser there that she was going to actually say, because she was going on about how they're having a hard time doing the contact tracing and they're falling behind on that. I thought actually she was going to say, we are going to allow the COVID alert. It's insane to me. It's never going to happen. It's insane. Yeah, it's it's Trudeau's. I don't know how else to say. But. <laughs> I was going to say before with the rigidity is pride. Oh, you know, yeah. Being able to change course requires both the ability to know about different choices, to balance yeah. multiple choices, but also uh, oh, like getting over your own arrogance, right? Of, of admitting this plan didn't work. You know, it's do something it, else. And also that, you know, I am responsible, but I'm also going to be responsible now to change course to make sure that we're taken care of. Yeah. Pride, the pride piece is, is definitely there for him. It's just pride. Oh, yeah, for sure. Any predictions know. for tomorrow? My daughter said that she was thinking we're going back into lockdown. That's I, my guess. I don't think he's going to take us there yet. I, I think, think it's, I think he's going to go, I think he's going to go shy of it. Um, and I don't, and I don't know, like we've seen this so much in the media and other people are discussing how, you know, we can't really say where these 
cases are coming from because we don't know where 88% of them are coming from. We can't trace it. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it though? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Hashtag sarcasm. Yes. My my son called me today, um, like at 1130 and I'm like, he should be in, you know, he should be in class. And he's yeah. like, mom, can you come get me? There's, there was a COVID positive in my, in my class and I have to come home. Holy cow. And that's the second time this happened this year. Oh, so, so here's why I think that uh, he's going to bring in a hard lockdown. This is my thinking. He's, it's his base that is screwing this up bad. We already know that we've seen him on the streets with their Soros protest posters. <laughs> if if Jason Kenny really wants to turn this around, tomorrow he announces a hard lockdown. All the schools are closed. They're closed until after Christmas break. They're closed till January. Uh, close the restaurants for two weeks. Put the grocery stores on reduced hours, like he's done with the bars. And close all non-essential businesses for two weeks. If he does that, And if he announces this and makes very clear, I gave you the opportunity. I told you to be personally responsible and you weren't. This is the consequence. And then if he says to them, like their children, (laughs) if you're a good boy, when daddy lets you out of your room, we won't have to do this again. You can go out for cookies. Exactly. But if he makes it very clear, this is the result of your own behavior. And if you improve your behavior, we can relax them a little. That would be the absolute best thing he could do, which is probably why he won't. (laughs) but, But I can, but I can see it. I could see it and I could hear it just what the way that you're describing it, because he does that, right? He does this, this, father I don't even want to say fatherly because that just makes me it creeps me out Um, patriarchal (laughs) thank you patriarchal so he does right he he does he does that thing where he's um where he is giving the stern lecture kind of thing right and Mm -hmm. and I can I can I can hear it but I just I don't have faith that he is at the point where he feels like like that's the him that he can be right now. I think it's more likely he finds a way to blame Trudeau. I was oh yeah. Framed because you all did this, and yeah. not me. None of it yeah. could be me not making any decisions. It's all you or it's, you know, the health expert or it's so-and-so. It's always going to be framed that someone did it and I have no choice, but because of you, I have to do this thing that I don't even endorse, but I have to, because you made me. And they keep bringing up what happened at the very beginning, like when this first started, and they're like, well, if they should have done this, 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 and this. Nobody cares. I know, nobody cares either, right? Yeah, different time than we had, we had so little idea. The only, the only examples that we had in February were, uh, we had Wuhan, which you know, as much as the information that we were getting, but we had there, but we also had Spain and Italy. Those were, right, those were the things that we were able to watch and everybody went, we don't want to be Spain and Italy. We're not 100% what's going on in China, but we can see what's going on in Italy and Spain and this is not good. And, 
and they knew so little about it at that time that it really did make sense to just try and get people away from each other. At least they knew that's how it was spreading, but they just didn't know so much about it that I don't think there were a ton of good choices at that time other than locking people down and trying to buy some time to figure out what this was. Well, it didn't help that Albertans treated it like a bad New Year's resolution to get fit either. We were all gung-ho for the first two weeks. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to stock up on toilet paper and get that can spam. And we're ready. We're rugged. We got it. And then within a month, we're all like, ah, screw this. I've finished Netflix and I need to get the hell out of my house. We all gave up so easily. I want to go to Earl's. I want to go to Earl's. I want to go to the There's no social distancing anywhere. No, there isn't. Does that work? I'll be trying to like stay away from people and then come right up to me. Oh, like pleasant. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what do you do? Or people will come in and they'll be wearing their masks underneath their nose. Yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah. That and the people who threaten to kick the shit out of me when I ask them to back up. It's like, can you just give me a little space? Bitch, I'll kill you. I'll yes. kill you. Sheep, ball. <laughs> the other one that kills me is like when people wear like an ill-fitting mask it's usually like a cloth one and it falls down and then they pu- pull it back up in the meantime they're touching their face yeah and then what do you say to that yeah. like you can't say anything so when what do you think you'd like to see tomorrow if if you Ooh. could write out for our premiere what you think should happen what would that look like to you it would probably look like what the doctors are asking for, you know, to give them a break for healthcare workers, for teachers, for just people on the ground. I think that's the, that's the empathetic part of me is yes, we need to get cases down, but people need a break. They've been going hard trying to maintain the ICUs. And I think the prospect of things getting worse makes it worse. Mm-hmm. You don't know when it's already bad, you know, it's not like things are dandy and that's what I would want. But what I think he's going to do is the bare minimum. So maybe mandate masks. Did you if imagine? <laughs> my eyes almost extreme. popped out of my head. <laughs> that's extreme. You don't, you don't bare think. Minimum. <laughs> Bare minimum is maybe he'll close coffee shops. <laughs> Just coffee shops, though. Because that's because caffeinated over caffeinated lefties. That's right. That's right. We're closing those goddamn coffee shops. That's crazy. Like not Tim Hortons. That'd be crazy. No. Right. Well, some of his people own those, so you can't close those. Oh, guys. that's right. Yeah. It's yeah. also where uh, his base likes to hang out. I'm told. Oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh. I honestly I, think going to cling to the narrative that we can't shut things down because it's going to ruin our economy but I mean I'm not an economist but I have read some opinions that and some you know facts that the best economies right now are the ones who have curbed you know who flatten them and if you don't do that nobody's gonna go out Nobody's going to buy Like, why would you spend money on something just to sit in your house unless it's a new TV or something, right? Yeah. And I, you know, I think part of what's happened too is we watch the American stock market. Well, the stock market. 
but um, we see it going up, up, up. But what's being ignored is, and I was reading something about this the other day, uh, Biden explained it, that we're not having a, an upwards motion in the stock market. For everyone listening to this, we're all on Zoom on camera, so I'm doing a lot of hand motions. <laughs> it makes sense when you see her. Yeah, <laughs> It makes sense to everyone who could see me. What we're actually seeing is a K because the... The top 1%, the people who were oh. secure through the entire pandemic, it's improving for them. We're seeing a sharp incline for them. But the lower middle class and the uh, those who are already impoverished, it's a downward slope. So it's really split right now. And the the worse the pandemic gets, the more people are taken out of the workforce, the worse that K split gets. Because the people who made it through this without hurting aren't going to hurt over lo more lockdowns. It is the working women. It's single moms. Mm -hmm. It's families who are already struggling to put food on the table. Yeah. And I think a, a lot of conservative premiers are ignoring the bottom half of that graph and what happens when you have to take low paid workers out of the workforce. It's not pretty and it's not good. I'm actually going to express a little faith in Jason Kenny. I know ladies. <laughs> Somebody Big has breath. to. Oh my God. She's not going to do it. Uh, I think he's going to close the schools and I think he's going to uh, give a little shit to his base and uh, I, I think he might even close non-essential businesses for two weeks. He's in trouble. If he doesn't do it, he can kiss his chances of getting reelected goodbye. I don't think he's going to do it for us. Yeah, no. I think he's going to do it to save his own ass. And if that's what gets him to do it, do it. I don't care. But we're at a point now where we've got to do something. And something big. That was, yes. that was kind of the thing I think a week before. Was it a week? About a week before he uh, did something, scare quotes last time, I've seen a tweet and I quoted it and I said, you know, no one's asking for a lockdown. They're saying you need to do something because we don't want that to be the only option. And, and there was, right? So many, so many people have said that, that, you know, geez, there were other jurisdictions, um, Ontario, BC, where they did put restrictions on areas where there was a greater amount of spread. And I need to look into that a little bit better as far as BC goes, but Ontario is, I mean, they're struggling. They're, they're absolutely struggling. But they did look at uh, targeted kind of measures for certain areas. And we didn't even see that. It was like it kept yeah. being left up to, well, no, Edmund, you know, the city of Edmonton can make their own decisions and the city of Calgary can make their own decisions and everybody else, you know, you're fine. But that was so downloading. That well, was downloading was. onto our mayors. Yeah. And yeah. our mayors can handle it. Our, our major urban centers have some fantastic mayors. We really do. I know there's a lot of bitching and moaning and whining about uh spenchy yeah as they spenchy as i like to call him and uh about don iveson he is constantly accused of not having a backbone 
but I don't think that the two major cities could have had better leadership no. during this crisis. Uh, Don Iveson and Nad Nenshi have done an amazing job and they've done it with compassion. They've done it with kindness. So I think if, if our premier thought that downloading onto our mayors would be a benefit to him, it backfired. It's just another piece in his plan that has backfired on him terribly. And now he's going to have to get his base in line if he has any hopes of flattening the curve. That's got to be his focus. I, I think a big problem, too, with him just uh, letting the different jurisdictions um, decide for their own, like, what are they going to do, was there is no consistency. So you could be in Edmonton, you had to wear, wear a mask, and then you go outside the city and you don't. Or, you know, the people that don't have to wear them outside the city or, you know, that live in the rural communities, they come into the city and they're like, oh, my God, I got to wear a mask. Well, yeah. you can't blame them, right? There, yeah. there has to be consistency. And there is no consistency. Yeah. Well, and being someone who lives in Spruce Grove, I saw that firsthand because Edmonton got their mask mandate August 1st, and we had that debate here. The city council was like, I think people are just coming here to shop who don't want to wear masks because we're only yeah. 20 minutes away. People still are, they have cars. <laughs> we're not right. far off. And so what was the thinking that went on there? You know, the, that people were very mobile. Well, and I, I don't understand the opposition to it simply because, I mean, do you put a diaper on, on your baby? Of course you do. Do you use sanitary napkins when it's that time of the month? Of course you do. And this, this opposition to wearing a mask, we already wear clothing, for mm -hmm. God's sakes. We wear underwear. We wear bras. Like, why are people so upset about this little piece of cloth on their face? And I go back to this science denialism that has been fed to the far right for so many years to benefit uh, far right politicians. And this is the outcome. This is why it's so bloody dangerous and why we have to stand up to it when we're out of the pandemic. I wrote an article and I called it You, Me and Masks. And I was listening to, and I don't know why, I go down rabbit holes and sometimes great things come out of them and sometimes not. Uh, but this particular time I was listening to Andrew Lawton and he was doing the True North. Yeah, exactly. Like why? I don't remember. <laughs> there was a reason. So what I'm listening to this. <laughs> I'm listening to it and it was the day that Teresa Tam said, you know what, I think we should be wearing masks. Okay, so this was in April, I believe, beginning of April. And I'm listening to his, to him describe what had just happened and what she just said. And he, he went from repeating what she had said to confusing the subjects of you and me, right? Who that mask protects. Mm -hmm. And I mean, everyone's purposeful. repeating it. I don't, I, because they were doing, they were just going over what she had said. I'm not sure that it's purposeful. And I have seen some fantastic articles also during this time when I was looking this up, this, this one publisher blogger, um, he had all of the right data, every single art, like every single piece of data he used was from, you know, it was peer reviewed research. He did the same thing. He mixed up the subjects. And I was just like, 
I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is a really, really simple error. I understand what they've done, but I was talking to my 10 year old about it. And I was, I was just like, oh, you know, and I was just lamenting all of this. And, 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 and he looks at me and he says, well, you know, masks don't protect you or don't protect when you wear them, but they protect everybody else. And, and I said, yeah. And he's like, I know I'm only 10. So, but I really think I understand this. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. And my daughter's like, and you said, that's why you're my favorite. <laughs> and no, I didn't say that, but kind of, right? Like, I'm just like, he gets it. He's 10 yeah. years old my and he very, gets it. My son gets it. Yeah. He's like, what's wrong with conservatives? <laughs> and he, I said, I don't know. They're just a different way of thinking. You know, mine's in emo angst teenage stage right now. (laughs) So she doesn't say that many words, Janice. She just will say Jason Kenny, and then I get the teen eye roll, right? Jason Kenny, oh that's all we get. She just reprimands people openly on the street. Why aren't they wearing masks, mom? Loud. (laughs) That's great. That's great. I there was you have a kid. They opened the schools. They there was no contingency plans. Like we just like okay, we're just going to send the kids back, and we have these cohorts, but they exist within like there's hundreds of people in these cohorts. And my son was even saying today, he's like, well, we have these zones, supposedly zones, but people are coming and going. Like it's not controlled. You know, it's it's a joke. Yeah. You know. Well, I know in rural we've got smaller class sizes to begin with right but um I remember the teacher telling me that or sorry the principal of the school sorry was telling me that they've actually had less kids out so far and this was at the end of October and she said we've had less kids out than we do normally and she was like it's the masks it's the sanitization it's the extra hand washing and I was like okay you know this sounds all right but one of the things with like Hunter being online it's a pilot it was a pilot just so they could see how would this work if we have to go online. Mm. And so I was, I was, they called me in for, for a meeting to talk about how this was all going. And the principal was like, you know, this was meant for kids who are coming back to school. And I'm like, well, and he will come back to school, but not, not with it looking like this. And so this was at the end of October. Right. And I'm just like, they're telling me about oh it's so great because you know fewer kids have been sick and stuff and I'm like mm-hmm. so far okay fine yeah. and anyway, so they were like oh you know make a decision by the end of November and I was like well we'll see what's happening by the end of November and so last week I wrote them an email and I said it's not happening there's no way he's coming back right now and then poof a week later they were off because of a COVID thing so I mean they might all be online and great we helped you know fix up the pilot so they knew what to do but yeah like no way uh, are they going back to no i wouldn't send him back right now so the four of us who has school-aged children i've got a 13 year old (laughs) wing why don't we close out with everybody giving one request of jason kenny what you want jason kenny uh as premier to do tomorrow if you could call him up right now and say please mr premier give us this what would it be let's start with you wing oh start with me yeah 
like a big request or anything, but just the, a, a thing that's a priority for you. I want him just to say anything that is in line with he takes some responsibility. That would be a miracle for me. I mean, I don't know if if that was a question, but I keep waiting. Yes. I don't know if I want him so much to take. I mean, I don't think he'll take responsibility, but Mm. I just hope he does like he has like the balls to stand up and do something you know I mean he's not gonna take responsibility I mean we all know that because he's perfect right yeah but he's never said I'm sorry for anything so you know I think he's not gonna take responsibility but like I said I just think he needs to stand up and he is the premier and make some tough decisions because I mean we we can't go back but he's, he has to go forward. Like we, we can't keep doing what we're doing. It's not helping the economy, even though we're keeping things open. Like he, it, that's such a stupid argument. Uh, that's, that's all that's I want. Deirdre, yeah. what's your one wish? Um, I, I just want, I just want him to stand up and I was going to say what we're doing, what we've done isn't working. I don't think he'll say that, but I want, I want him to, uh, with every fiber of his being that wants to be reelected, be as truthful as possible to what needs to be done. That's, that's what we need him to be saying. That's what we need every single one of his caucus members to be repeating ad nauseum is this is what will get us through. And not, you know, not straying from message. And the thing is, they're really good about not straying from message. These two little outbursts from Jason Luan and uh, Miranda Rosen recently, that's actually really off brand. But that's because there's no leadership right now. My wish would be that Jason Kenney stands at a podium tomorrow and says, Alberta, you done fucked up. (laughs) And I'm grounding you for two weeks. And then when you come out of being grounded, you're going to staple those masks to your faces across this province. And we are going to get through this together. Mm. 